ט"ז טבת, תשע"ט. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. A song made famous and popular by Poogie, 
Lakat Kaveret. This is uh, Gazoz with Peter Roth. Bederich Elayich is the name of that. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into uh, another live edition of the Israel Show. <clears throat> We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time. And around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is there, that is the time that we're on. Make a note of it so you'll know for the future. Um, we can be listened to not only live, but you can listen to us via the archives. You can go to the Nachum Siegel website, nachumsiegel.com, the Nachum Siegel Network website, which is nachumsiegel.com, and click on the archives and look for the Israel show. There you have archives of every show that we've done for six years. And um, you could also do that on, believe it or not, on your iPad, on your phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android. You can get the Nachum Siegel Network app for free, for free, I tell you. How many things today are free? Well, a lot of apps are, but never mind that. Um, This is really free. You're not going to have to buy anything later, um, you know, and all that stuff. You get this app, you download it, and you have access not only to a great live stream, the Nachum Siegel Network, which has great music, great programming, jam the AM every morning, but you can listen to archives, and uh, the archives of the Israel Show are there as well. And you can download them into your device and listen to it whenever you want. You can download it when you're in Wi-Fi and listen when you're in the car. Don't even have to use any data minutes. Or, well, we don't count data in minutes, we count data in megabytes. So you don't have to use any data megabytes. How's that? To be very precise. Anyway, thanks so much for uh, tuning in and making us a part of your week. Uh, We have a Facebook page. On that Facebook page, we post links to YouTube videos of the songs we play during the show and any particular interesting audio clips or articles that we discuss. If we can, we will post those links as well. Updated every week during the day after the show. So you can go there. It's facebook.com slash the Israel show. Uh, we introduced this song a little while back. It was debuted not that long ago. Ariel Zilber, Kvish Chamesh. Afterwards, I should have said this before I mentioned this song, but we'll do it now. We have a, a really interesting stuff. We have breaking news. Israeli elections, April the 9th, 10 days before Pesach. Boy, if you think Pesach is disruptive, wait till you see these elections. I mean, this, you know what I mean when I say Pesach is disruptive. Oy, oy, oy. That's going to be something. So we'll analyze some of that. That's really fresh. We have an amazing story. This is like last month, a Muslim Arab was buried in Haram now you might say, "Oh my God, how did they how did they sneak him in?" Whatever. No, no, this was sanctioned by Rav Aryeh Stern, the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, and we will explain this amazing story to you uh, later on in the show. So stay tuned; you don't want to miss any of this great stuff. And we have great music, including some debuts coming up. Uh, Naomi Shemer's song that has been re um, re uh, sung, rearranged. The word covered is used often in the music industry. Just came out this week. I had never heard of this song. 
and I'm consider myself a big fan, so I think you'll enjoy all the stuff. Other um, other music debuts and nostalgic great Israeli music as well. Stay with us. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> כבר שנתיים לא דיברנו, קחת אותו ונראה אותך. שלח מיקום לפלאפון, הוא כתב לי השומרון. וואלה, איך אני מגיע, זה באמצע הגדה. ונזכרתי בימים, בין הגפן בקרמים, עץ הזית שאהבת. Great Ariel Zilber with Kvish, Kvish Chamesh, Highway Number 5, the highway that uh, takes you into the Shomron. And it's a song about come visit us in the Shomron. Very cool. He's amazing. What an amazing talent, Ariel Zilber. And uh, 
what an amazing life he continues to have and brings us great music that we can enjoy. My name is Maya Weingarten, in case you're not sure. You are tuned uh, to the Israel Show and the Nachum Siegel Network. As we uh, mentioned to you earlier, just about, I don't know, less than two hours ago, I think. Just about less than two hours ago. The uh, government of Israel announced new elections. Well, let's be a little more technical, which we will. We will be a little more technical in a second. New elections in Israel, April the 9th, 10 days before Pesach. It's a Tuesday. It always is a Tuesday. Was it about 7.30 Eastern time? So, yeah, less than two hours ago. There, I had to I had to check that out so that you know exactly. The Likud, the Prime Minister, Netanyahu, who heads the Likud, which is the largest party in the coalition that makes the government, announced that all members of the coalition have agreed unanimously. <laughs> Sometimes they wish it would be anonymously, but it was unanimously to uh, declare elections. They agreed on the date, April 9th. What was the official reason? And I say official reason because there's so much that goes on in Israeli politics. So much that goes on behind the scenes. There's so many interests of each different party and group, that it's really, I would say, almost unbelievable. And when I say unbelievable in this case, I don't mean amazing. I mean not to be believed, to not believe the reasons. But um, this the official reason, the um, what are known as the Haredi parties, the Aguda and uh, sort of Shas is sort of part of that, have wanted for quite some time now, since the end of the last government, that the bill that was passed in the last government, the last government, I mean the Netanyahu-Lapid government, which was, uh, it, it was a really weak bill that discussed how the Haredi community who does not serve in the army can become more involved in doing their part for the state without, not at the expense of Torah study. And that bill actually was probably, by most opinions, it's not my opinion, most opinions, I'm not saying it's not my opinion, I'm saying that I'm not saying it is my opinion. <laughs> I'm saying it as the majority of a political analysts out there, that bill that was passed was not at all bad for the Haredi community. But people don't look at the nuances, unfortunately. People don't look at the gray. They look at the black and the white. And here was this bill that um, seemingly would force members of the Haredi community to go to the draft board, even if it meant that they just have to go to the draft board in order to say that they're studying in yeshiva, whatever. It's a long, complicated, and rather convoluted story. 
um, they wanted that bill to be undone. And they already had a new bill. They voted on it, or I don't even remember if they voted on it. Even before they voted on it, I think the high court basically ruled that uh, it was unconstitutional, even though there's no constitution in Israel. And um, they had to come up, and they, they got a deadline by the court that they had to come up with a new bill. Around this time, they kept pushing it off and pushing it off. So it was clear that there was either going to be a, a bill that was agreed upon, or there were going to be elections. In any event, the elections in Israel were supposed to take place in November, meaning the, the, the time, the actual time of the elections, which is never, I don't think was ever reached in, in the history of Israeli government, because unlike in America, let's say, where you get elected for six years in the Senate and two years in the, in the House and four years as the president and so forth, and that's your term, unless you're impeached, and that's unusual, in Israel... The the Knesset is elected, and the Knesset serves for as long as it wants to, but there's a four-something-year limit. The government serves at the will of the Knesset. If the government has 61 Knesset members supporting it, then it continues for yet another day. Once it cannot muster the 61 votes then what will usually happen is the Knesset will vote to uh, disperse. So, here in this case, the government will have been in power for four years, which is an amazing feat and and a great testament to the political abilities of Netanyahu and and the elections, but now his entire, uh, once Avigdor Lieberman left, his whole coalition was sitting on one vote. It was a, a coalition of 61 at a 120. Literally, Knesset members would come to the to the votes on uh, 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 on on uh, crutches. One of them came with an IV bag uh, um, attached to her. Um, people were roused up in the middle of taking the bite from their food out of <laughs> out of the restaurant of the Knesset. It was like crazy because every vote counted, and they didn't want the opposition to win any any votes. And you see some of these votes in the Knesset over the last uh, few weeks. It, it, it the uh, news broadcasts were showing how they were. Re- how they were rallying up all the troops and uh, making sure that everybody, nobody could go to the bathroom. You know, it was crazy. So everybody understood that the days of this government of a 61 coalition were numbered. But this vote of the draft bill, a new draft of the draft bill, was coming up. And Yair Lapid had said that he would support it because it had enough in it that uh, he could live with it. And then this morning he announced that he no longer will be supporting the bill. I guess there were some changes made. And that's when the government announced that all the coalition members are... The coalition announced that all the coalition members agreed to go to new elections in April. What happens now is the Knesset votes itself out of power. Interesting. They vote for Pizur HaKnesset to disperse, to break up the Knesset, and uh, then they vote to have new elections and on the date and so forth. And it is a chaotic time in Israel. And I'm so surprised that they did it around Pesach, where people are so busy and there's so much chaos. 
so to speak, as is in people's lives. I'm very surprised, but there's got to be a reason. I'm sure there's some thought and calculation. I actually thought it, they were going to make it like right around Yom Ha'atzma'ut, which would have been middle of May, after Yom Ha'atzma'ut, where the people are on a high, and, it, and Netanyahu can sort of um, put the spotlight on himself during that time, and people are in a good mood and feel good about themselves and about the country, but but no, <laughs> they decided not to. It'll be interesting, that is for sure. The <clears throat> A lot of the craziness that's going on now is because the Haredi parties themselves are not united. It's an interesting situation where, and we discussed this after the elections in Yerushalayim, where um, the Hasidim and the Litvaks, the Hasidim and the Litvish, the Yeshivish, um, are not in agreement with each other. There is no united rabbinic front. There is the Gera Rebbe who heads up the Hasidic side. You have Konevsky and others who head up the Litvish side. And they were at opposing ends of this issue of this uh, accepting or not accepting the draft bill. So on top of everything else, within the coalition, the Haredi parties couldn't agree on what which move would be correct. So this takes them out of their dilemma too. The f- courts will be forced to say, okay, you have to wait till after the elections. And of course, everybody can dream that after the election, the situation will be, be better for them. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you know, it could get worse, but it's going to be. Over the weekend, I discovered um, there was a, a new release, a song that was recently released last week, Rivka Michaeli and Moshe Lahav, doing a song called Atualia, meaning news, what's in, you know, current events, if you will, from the word actual in English. Atualia. And uh, I was shocked to learn that it was written and composed by Naomi Shemer. I had never heard the song. It's one of the le- less well-known, less popular Naomi Shemer songs. And it's about sort of like combining the old and the new. It's a bit irreverent, especially the opening lines, but fascinating and so typical of Naomi Shemer's sense of humor and her unbelievable ability to take uh, phrases from our sources and, and combine them with with uh, the modern uh, Hebrew and the, and, and the current Israeli way of life, current when she wrote it. It begins, Yechezkel ben Buzi, that is the Navi Yechezkel, that's his name, Yoshevlo ba jacuzzi, is sitting in the jacuzzi, v'yoreb be'uzi l'chol ha'kivunim, and he's shooting with an Uzi. So um, when uh, Dudu El Harar was a very close friend of hers, was given the song to, uh, to work on uh, getting it ready to be sung, he said he didn't know what she wanted, so he sat up all night reading Sefer Yechezkel to try and understand what the connection to Yechezkel and Jacuzzi and shooting an Uzi was. And when he asked her, she says, do you have any other word that rhymes with Jacuzzi? <laughs> anyway, it's very, it, it, it's really, it's very cool. It is very cool. Um, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's any particular Techev Tzom Gedalia Soon it will be Tzom Gedalia 
Tikablu medalia, you'll get a medal. Zoi actualia, that's the current events. Hi alapanim. Alapanim in Israel means like a mess. So everything is a mess. The current events are a mess. All right, we'll share it with you. Ifka Micheli Moshe Lahav. The original, we're going to post the link to the original on our Facebook page. The original was sung by Naomi Shemer with Dudu El Harar. Um, Actualia, my name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. singing a Naomi Shemer composition, words by Naomi Shemer as well. Aktualia, very cute, very cute. Naomi Shemer, in addition to her very serious songs, and we know she wrote Yushalayim Shel Zahav, Lu Yehi, and, and so many, Aladvash uh, Vala Oket, I mean, so many hits. But she also had a, 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 a cute side, a humoristic side, a like a mischievous side, and she's she's written many such cute songs that base themselves on a lot of wordplay, obviously. 
And uh, they're the less well-known ones. There's some more we, uh, we have, I discovered, as I was looking for this one. I discovered, and it's so great to be able to just hop onto the Internet and uh, find it all. Um, we're going to keep following the, the uh, election story. We, we will talk about it ad nauseum <laughs> until, until and through the elections and after the elections where we'll analyze um, what the uh, results mean and what will happen next. So stay tuned to Jamin the AM, of course, and to the Israel Show if you want to know what's going on in Israel. Some uh, two interesting uh, pieces of news that I come across. One is, and, and this is big, Israel is doing, Israel is, is actually enacting a law that is, whose goal it is to fight the black market. There's a lot of tax evasion in Israel, a lot. Black market, money laundering, and so forth. I don't know if it's going to work, but it's an interesting concept. The law restricts use of cash and checks in transactions. These are not all cash checks. We'll get in a second to the details. But these restrictions that that they put on apply to someone who's a dealer or like a car dealer, even a person who is not a business person necessarily, a tourist, accountant, attorney. Transactions of over 11,000 shekel. You want to know how much that is in dollars? Approximately and you wait for me to pull out my calculator, I'll tell you. (laughs) 11,000 shekel divided by about, let's say about 3.5. It's about three, it's not a lot. If it's over $3,142, cash can be paid 10% of the transaction price or 11,000 shekel, whichever is lower. Which means you can only use cash for 10% of the transaction price and all the rest, or 11000 whichever is lower, and all the rest has to be paid in a different form. Could be a bank wire, I guess, or some form that they can trace, maybe credit card and so forth. And transactions between private individuals of over 50000 shekel, 10% of transaction price can be paid with cash, and after that... The rest cannot. And you can't use an open check, like just make it out to cash or whatever. The law further stipulates that a financial sanction or administrative fine will be imposed on violators of the law according to the classification and prison sentences for fraud. Now, the question, of course, is, are they going to stick to this? And if they will, it will be fascinating. Now, for those... Of us who uh, go to Israel on vacation or for other reasons and stay in a hotel over, let's say, Sukkot or Pesach, your bill is going to be way more than this amount. You will not be able to pay with cash. That's interesting. 
and um, it's going to change a lot. I mean, at the beginning, I'm sure they'll be a little more flexible, but it's going to change a lot, just like the laws, the banking laws in Israel changed a lot for um, foreign residents who had bank accounts in Israel. Where uh, if now if the if the account has over ten thousand dollars in it for even one day during a year, you have to report it to the American uh, on your tax returns. It's uh, the world is changing, and it's getting harder and harder <laughs> to cheat. <laughs> Oh, there are a lot of people who are very upset about that. I'm not so upset about it, but I wonder if it'll have an effect on people buying apartments in Israel, another big expense, people going on long trips to Israel, Yamim Tovim, and so forth. That'll be interesting. But of course, also, you know what happens at the end of the day with these things. They find a way around it. The thieves always find a way around the rules. And the government makes new rules. Then the thieves find a way around that, too. It's a um, cat and mouse game. That's what they say. I'm looking for something. I know I printed it out, but I can't find it. So I'll use the Hebrew version and try and just translate it on the fly. I don't know where I put that. We spoke quite a while ago about the fact that uh, the Jerusalem municipality has a problem and it's sort of related to what we just spoke about, has a problem with foreign investors, mainly Americans and Anglos, French also, Jews, who buy luxurious apartments in Yerushalayim. It's the dream of every century of Jews, of every generation of Jews, right, to own something in Yerushalayim. And uh, there are many Jews that have a lot of money and invest and don't even stay there. Or if they stay there, it's for just a short periods of time when they're on vacation. And the, the municipality of Jerusalem was very upset by that for several reasons. One is that all the commerce in the area of these um, developments, these housing developments, um, the commerce dies, dies out. Because if you had a makolet, right, a little grocery store, or any other type of uh, cleaners, or anything that serves the community, there's no community on a regular basis. So they've tried over time, the municipality of Yerushalayim, to find ways to force the foreign investor to either rent out his apartment, that was what they really preferred, rented out to students, for example, who are studying in, in the universities or in yeshivot in Israel, or pay a, a double property tax. Don't think that it solved a major problem. I don't think so. And we spoke about it at the time when that uh, ruling came out, the double uh, property tax. So now the city announces last week, the city of Jerusalem announces that they're going to build approximately 1,000 apartments in a central in central locations of the of the city which will be small apartments small affordable apartments for singles whether it be singles that are not ma- married divorcees um single parents and so forth 
And they're going to build it around, if you know Yerushalayim, so I'm going to read off some streets to you, and you'll probably be familiar with them because they're all in the center of town. Agrippas, Yafo, King George, Hillel, Ben Yehuda, Hanavim, King David Street. Those would be the areas. Now, I'm surprised by the size. 45 square meters. That is, oh my God, that is very small. That is like like a studio apartment, I guess, in Manhattan. It's really small. I don't know. If they're talking about people who are divorced and they have to have their kids over, let's say, for um, for visits or, or having any guests or something, I, I can't imagine... I can't imagine 45 square meters. Now, I mean, I know how these things look, so it's not that I can't imagine what 45 square meters looks like, but... Okay, we'll see how it works. Hopefully it does. They're talking about um, two 30-floor high-rise buildings with uh, 308 apartments in the uh, Rehoviafo area. Interesting. All right. We'll see how that works out. So those are two interesting stories. One is about paying can't pay more than a certain amount of money in cash for large purchases in Israel. And that's something that will affect everyone. And the idea that uh, the municipality of Yerushalayim is going to try and build, push for building of smaller apartments that should be affordable. Um, and after this next song, we will tell you how an Arab Muslim, a Muslim Arab, got to be buried in the Jewish cemetery of Haram Nuchot in Yerushalayim last month. It's a fascinating story. So um, stay with us while we uh, get ready to tell you all about it. Um, Natan Goshen. Here's a relatively new song. Batila Chalom. Very cool stuff. From yet another star of Israeli music who crosses the religious quote-unquote secular divide. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. אבל הכי בוער לי זה איך אני עובר את היום בא לי לנתק, אני לא יודע אולי כי זה מרגיש שהשעון שלי דופק דבר איתי על איך בונים בניין שלא נופל חזק ביסודות, חופשי מדאגות לאחרונה כל מה שאני עושה זה לנקות כמעט כל השנה שאלתי שאלות איך הכל מותר ולא נעים וחופשיות איך בונים מוסר בעמים הנהגת שחיתות איך אפשר להתקדם אם לא מודים שזו טעות איך אוכלים כשר היום ואיזה רבנות איך פוליטיקאים עוד עוצמים את העיניים ואיך יש אנשים שעוד מוחאים לזה כפיים וכמה אני מקטר ביום שישי בצהריים אבא ככבי לשים לב אני כבר בן שלושים ושתיים אני באתי לחלום אבל 
stuff, Natan Goshen. Bati Lachlom. I sort of like try to dream. And he talks about what got in the way of his dream as he tries to live every day. I don't know if there's a link for this, uh, for a music video for this, but if there is one, we'll post it on our Facebook page together with all the uh, links to all the songs that have YouTube video links songs that we played during the show. Okay, here's the story that we promised you. An, an Arab Muslim by the name of Allah Kirsch died in a fatal head-on collision road accident this past November in Israel. Now, after this serious accident, where I believe six people were killed, on... Uh, Route 90 in Israel, the bodies of the dead were brought to a special prayer, memorial prayer, at the Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount. That's the one with the silver dome, by the way, which is the one that's really a mosque. But the Waqf, which is the um, Islamic trust that runs the day-to-day activities on the Temple Mount refused to take Kirsch's body. And for that same reason, many mosques in Jerusalem refused to accept his body for the religious funeral service. Even the Muslim cemetery where his family is buried in in Yerushalayim refused to bury him. Allah Kirsch's family underwent a lot of agony and humiliation And since his death, and this was last month in November, he was temporarily buried outside of a Muslim cemetery in Nebi Salah. So why is it? Why was this person's body refused 
entrance to the mosque for a memorial service, and why is it that all the Islamic cemeteries refused to bury him? Why? Because Allah Kirsch was suspected of selling properties in Jerusalem to Jews. After his death, the Mufti of Jerusalem, Akrama Sabri, ruled that because he had the, the chutzpah, the arrogance, to go against the rules and sell property, and they didn't even know for sure that he was selling property, he was suspected of it, to Jews, he was not entitled to proper burial and for a proper ceremony in a, on a Muslim site. They accused him of treachery. And Mufti Sabri based his ruling on a historic fatwa, that's an Islamic religious ruling, that was issued in 1935 by Hajjamin al-Husseini Yamar This was the Mufti of Yerushalayim, that means the head religious authority in Yerushalayim during the British Mandate before the State of Israel, who, we, uh, we should know by now, Hajjamin al-Husseini, was a virulent anti-Semite. He was an ally of the Nazis. He went and famously met with Hitler during the war and said, we, all, we both have the same goal in mind. We want to kill all the Jews. You want to kill them in Europe. I want to kill them in, in uh, what will eventually come Israel, what at that time was called Palestine. He was. It's hard to over. It's hard to overemphasize the role that he played in the hatred between the Jews and Arabs who lived in Eretz Israel in the twentieth uh, century. It's hard. It's hard to imagine to what extent. This Mufti, Hajjamin al-Husseini Yimashimo, was, was involved in fomenting the, the mobs and in inciting violence, in, in, in preaching to violence. Typical move of his was a, a type of blood libel where he would get up on a Friday and say the Jews are plotting to take over the Temple Mount and build the Bet HaMikdash, and they would all believe him, and all run out and go and kill Jews. The Hebron Massacre was one example of that. According to the Mufti's ruling, quote, whoever sells Jews a house or land will not be granted Muslim burial. That's the original ruling. Last October, the current Mufti wrote, quote, anyone who sells to Jews in the old city of Jerusalem, is not a member of the Islamic religion. He's basically thrown out. We will not accept his conversion to Islam, and he will not be buried in a Muslim cemetery. Well, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. The Palestinian Authority, in their law book, has a law that says if you sell property to Jews, you, you will be punished by death. That, that's, that's what's going on. Does anybody know that all these big liberals who are supporting the Palestinians, does anybody know that there is such a law on the books? Now, 
That's the first part of the story. This Arab Muslim, his body was just bandied about from place to place, not allowed here, not allowed there. The family was being tortured. When details of the story were brought to the attention of Rabbi Aryeh Stern, the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, the chief Ashkenazic rabbi, I should say, he wrote an unusual Psak halacha, um, halachic decision in which he, Rav Stern, ordered Allah Kirsch's burial in a special section in Har Menuchot. There is a section, a separate area, in Har, but it's in Har Menuchot that it's a separated section for people that are not Jews and not Muslims. They call it Mechusarei Dat. And, and Rabbi Stern ordered that Allah Kirsch be buried there. And he explained in his decision, since the Muslims are not willing to bury him, we, the Jews, must act to correct the injustice done to a person who was humiliated only because of his willingness to sell land to the Jews. We should afford a most positive attitude to a righteous Gentile. It, officially, he wrote the way he wrote it was Goy Hasid who showed goodwill toward Jews and was even prepared to take risks for the Jewish community. And thanks to Rabbi Stern's decision, Kirsch, Allah Kirsch, was brought to a dignified burial last month. That, I, I gotta say, that's pretty amazing because I know how careful people are, especially with death and burial and a lot of superstitions involved. People are very, very careful about that. And it takes a big rabbi to take uh, such a decision and say, um, no, we are going to afford him the kavod hamet, if you will, that he's not getting uh, in the Islamic world. And he's not getting it because he was doing something for us. So that's the story. It is uh, quite amazing. Let's go to... um, Bat Ella is a song that I played a few times, but I love that it's been on my playlist now for a while. I haven't gotten to it, so we're going to play it today. Ani tamid I always want eyes, and as the words go on, I always want eyes to be able to see the wonders of God and to be able to then praise God for the beautiful things that my eyes see. What a great song. Bat Ella, Ani tamid My name is Mayor Wangart, you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
Great music, Bat Ella with Aniwatsa Tamid Einaim Lirot. We're going to close out with, who did we say we're going to close out with? Hanan Ben-Ari. What a popular, I mean, we've been playing him from, from day one, but he has become so popular in Israel now, amazing. So we'll, uh, we'll play Wikipedia, that's one of his cool songs. Uh, we'll do that after we say... 
Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately following us, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novik now with Jake Novik. And today his discussion is going to be Jews and Christmas. Okay, you see that one coming. <laughs> And then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamie Dam, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no. They're just running in a different race. התניות אוטומטיות שלא דורשות לטרוח רק לתייג ולנבוח להסית ולסבוח באלילי הרייטינג אייטמים בכל הכוח הכל כבר מסודר לנו בראש מגירות מגירות לא, לא ניתן למציאות להפריע לנו לראות שכל שמאלוני הוא בוגד כל ערבי מחבל מתאבד כל חרדי הוא שודד וכל המתנחלים רצו את רבין כל תל אביב טבעונית, כל נתיבות מסורתית עממית, כל הדתיים פרימיטיביים עם ציצית, ועל הדרך מחקו את דרווין. אל תכלאוני בשום כלום, אל תסכמו אותי בוויקיפדיה. אני הכל, אני לא כלום, אור אינסוף לבוש בגוף. Thank <laughs> you.